Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we feel stuck or when we're ready to level up, we have to shift. And I believe that process begins with our thinking. A shift in our outer world starts with a shift in our inner world. And that, my friends, is the antidote to feeling stuck. This is episode 52. And wow, it actually just hit me a little while ago that an entire year has gone by since the We're Talking Shift podcast started. Holy cow, did that go by in a hot minute. I mean, the first episode was launched from my bedroom in my home in Cody, Wyoming. And let me tell you, I had no clue then that a major shift was heading our way and that less than a year later, my husband and I would find ourselves living in Stamford, Connecticut. Talk about a major shift. But I'm happy to report it has been fantastic. So today, I'm going to be sharing relationship tip number seven, managing expectations in our relationship with our significant other. Relationships and marriage can be tricky paths to navigate through. No matter how much love we share and how much we have in common, We're still individuals bringing our own experiences, our stories, our beliefs, and and our visions of how things should be, how we think they should be, into the relationship. When we have expectations of our significant other, and come on, most of us do, we are expecting them to show up basically in particular ways. When they do... We approve and we feel great. That's awesome. But when they don't meet our expectations, well, naturally we're disappointed and we feel let down and not so good. From there, it's an easy leap to blame them for the way we feel. Hmm. Having expectations is not a guarantee that they'll be met. It's pretty much a given that there are going to be times when they're not. So, When we have expectations, we're setting ourselves up to be surprised and usually not in a good way. The higher and more rigid our expectations, the more emotional turmoil we experience when they're not met. So how realistic is it to have expectations, especially rigid ones, of our significant other? That is the question to kick off today's conversation. TJ, are you with me? I'm always with you, uh, <laughs> metaphorically and, uh, well, literally. I'm here right now. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So, TJ, do you think that it's realistic or even fair to, like, make your spouse or partner responsible for how you're going to feel in, like, any given moment due to the expectations you have of them? No. I mean, I think that we are responsible for our feelings 100% of the time. And, you know, if if things don't go to plan and um, maybe your feelings of, you know, anger, resentment, frustration, if those are a result of of expectations that you put on your partner, 
I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to be frustrated with your partner because, I mean, I think we all have responsibilities to one another in any relationship. But with that in mind, if someone is failing to meet your expectations, more often than not, I think you need to go, okay, well, what's the issue here? Uh, is Are my expectations too high? Um, are they realistic? Are, you know, I am I asking too much? Uh, am I not giving them something in return? Therefore, this is sort of a reaction to something that, that I've mm-hmm. done. And I mean, I, I really think that the problem 99% of the time can be figured out relatively quickly. Uh, either, either you could do it by yourself and you can kind of pinpoint it or with just general communication, you can sort of figure out, okay, well, what's the issue here and why are we having it? Right. So what, you know, what the, I guess what the argument would be um, from, you know, looking at it from all angles is, is it reasonable to even have any expectations at all? And I, I like the way that you said, you know, there are, we, we're, res- there's certain responsibilities we have toward our significant other, the person that we're committed to, whether it's, you know, a relationship or an actual marriage. Um, there are certain responsibilities, and how are those different than expectations? That's yeah, what that's I'm... A, that, that's a great question. Yeah. What, what I would say mm-hmm. is, um, I mean, responsibilities largely, I believe, are uh, either hashed out and, you know, couples sort of, you know, say, okay, uh, you're going to take care of this chore, I'm going to take care of this chore, um, you know, if, if you take out the garbage per se, I expect you uh, to take out the garbage. Now, that's sort of an expectation and a responsibility all at the same time. I guess to me, expectations would be things that you sort of want or need from your partner, and it, it, it's almost just not stated. Like, you expect them to just. If you had a bad day at work, you expect maybe your partner to sit there and and listen to you and and let you vent. And you know I'm sure that you know that that's reciprocated in times. Your your partner has expectations of you to either do the same thing or you know something that they need. And and I I feel like expectations are are more um, sort of the building blocks of a relationship because you find out what you can do. For one another and how you know your partner makes you better and how you make them better and how you you know coexist and, and thrive off of one another um, but I think those expectations and, and maybe they are responsibilities maybe they're the same thing some some are just minuscule and others are much more deeply rooted but but I feel like those expectations Lori are, are going to change all the time especially if you're in a very long-term committed relationship because your lives are changing Mm-hmm. So maybe it's really, I mean, part of it is semantics, you know, the words, expectations right. or responsibilities for sure, um, and how you're defining them and what the context is. Um, and then I think it's, you know, maybe looking at uh, where you're applying the expectations. Like, are you, are you, do you have expectations that your partner should um, be, I think this is the big one, in relationships, you have expectations that your partner needs to show up in a certain way, behave a certain way, fulfill your needs in a certain way, um, or you are not okay. So I think that's that's a 
a habit that a lot of people get into, or it might not even a habit they get into. It may be just something that is more uh, from just an immature standpoint. You just mm. haven't, you haven't uh, not evolved because that sounds like an insult. I don't mean it to sound like that, but you just haven't gotten to a place where you understand that maybe that's not their role to show up in a way that you feel good about all the time because some we can't all do that we everyone can't always show up and behave in a manner that the other person is going to feel okay about i mean sometimes right. you know you I just mean, can't do it sometimes you're just not in a place to to fulfill those needs and wants and desires from the other person a hundred percent of the time right so in, therefore in fact, that person can be disappointed yeah in fact i think the expectation should be they're going to come up short. I mean, maybe not every time, but they're going to come up short because life is hard and life is inconsistent and chaos and you can try to control it the best you can. And when you have a, a very, uh, you know, step-by-step -step life that, you know, is firing in all cylinders, maybe those expectations are always going to be met. But I mean, I'm 35 years old. I've been with my wife now for nine years, married uh, 15 years uh, together. And I can tell you that not one year has gone by that this time last year, our life is the exact same. It's just not. I mean, look at the year that you and Eric have had, you know, like mm -hmm. no, nothing is going to be the same. And I'm sure, you know, expectations of one another and, and your life, um, you know, just responsibilities and how you function changing all the time and and you know i i think that you use the word evolve and, and you don't want to be offensive but but i think i think adaptation is probably the right mm -hmm. word you need to adapt mm -hmm. and and just you know roll with the the tide and you you know yeah be like water bruce bruce lee said be like water you got to be like water you got to just fit in and try to Fluid. you know make adjustments Fluid. yeah 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 I love the word fluid. I think, yeah, the like water is good. Um, and, and maybe it's about um, expecting expecting your needs to be constantly fulfilled from your partner. That's a that's a big burden to put on another person, even if they are your significant other, your spouse, to yeah. ex to expect that person to be the one that is responsible for you feeling you know, okay, for you feeling happy, for you feeling, you know, loved and whatever your needs are, if you are putting that burden solely on your partner, and then when they can't deliver, you're disappointed, your needs yeah. are unmet, and you're, it's, it, you know, it turns into a blame. Okay, it's your yeah. fault that I'm not happy. And, and I think that's where we can get into trouble, you know? Right. Um, one thing yeah. real quick too before you kind of finish this thought I think that if you are solely thriving or sort of falling apart based on what your partner is able to do for you I mean I think you have a, a whole other world of issues that, that may need to be looked at like how strong is your relationship truly uh, beyond that though <laughs> if you are so obsessed with your partner meeting your expectations are you even thinking about meeting their expectations? Is it is it mm -hmm. you know being reciprocated? Because I'm a firm believer that you you treat others like you want them to treat you, and if you're treating someone good and they're not returning it in kind, 
I mean, that's the conversation starter right there to sort of figure it out, you know, like go look, I'm, yep. I'm trying to be the best person I can be for you. I expect you to at least try and make an effort to do that for me. And if you are trying, I just don't see it. Can you, can you show me, am I missing it? Can we have a conversation? If you want to make it work, I think that's the sort of best way to, to look at it. You got to look at what you're doing for them, how you're executing it and are what is what you're asking of them. Um, you know, a fair, fair sort of need. Yeah, and I think a lot of it um, boils down to basically what you said is, again, communication. And, um, you know, I've worked with several couples and those expectations that are put out there on the other person are, um, they're so... <laughs> They're so one-sided. They're, they're so from one perspective, and the one party just isn't getting it that the other party just doesn't have the capability to deliver consistently what they're asking of them. And so they're disappointed over and over and over because they keep thinking, okay, today maybe he or she is going to show up this way and say this or do that, and then it doesn't happen. And so rather than having the communication like you just suggested would be, you know, the thing to do, um, they just instead blame them for now how they feel, you know, like crap. And yeah. um, and it turns into the blame game and resentment and you're not fulfilling my needs. And it just, you know, uh, starts to unravel from there. I think my big thing, my big thing, I think we've hit on it, it too. Like, I mean, it was really sort of the first question you, you had, like, are your expectations really just managing your emotions in times where they're not being met? I mean, mm -hmm. the only thing that I really expect my wife to do in our relationship is to love me and try her best at everything because mm -hmm. that that's what I need in my life. I, I need companionship. I need the, uh, love of her. I hope she feels the same way and I would never do anything to let her down. And I think she would yeah. say the same for me. Yeah. And I think probably one of the biggest arguments that comes up on the subject of expectations, like if I were to say, you know, the thing is just don't have expectations, then you won't be let down. And then, you know, the argument is, well, isn't it a reasonable expectation uh, to have that your loved one isn't going to cheat on you or lie on you. Well, right. sure. of course, and of course, those, those are reasonable and normal expectations. I think the issue arises if there is a breach and one of the partners does become, let's say, unfaithful or gets caught lying about something else really big, like, like maybe they secretly gambled away all of your money. Um, now, if there's an agreement to try to save the relationship. And then there's going to have to be a lot of trust building and healing that has to occur, right? Now that's harder to do if you are holding on to like a rigid mindset of you should not have done that. Because when the shouldn't is the I expected you not to, you did it and you shouldn't have. So you're in that rigid mindset. And when you're in that, that shouldn't mindset makes it harder to forgive. And obviously, yeah. if you've decided that you're going to try to move forward and mend the relationship, forgiveness is going to be part of that. So if you are holding on to 
if you're framing things and holding on to rigid expectations and you're of the shouldn't have done that mindset, it keeps you emotionally connected to that disappointment and that that letdown of the unmet expectations of monogamy or trust with the money. And, you know, that you, you shouldn't have done that mindset keeps you also in a victim state of mind because what you're really saying is you shouldn't have done that to me. So when you're in that place in your head, that's going to make it more difficult to, you know, to move through the situation. But if you, if you reframe the expectation to, so that you, instead of holding rigid expectations, instead you reframe that to be desires and hopes. Mm. Basically, you wish, like you would say, I really wish you wouldn't have done that, or it was my hope that this would never have happened to us. It's a right. subtle, it's a subtle mental shift. Um, and if that happens, it can create space for forgiveness and space for healing. And, and it might be actually easier to accept that, you know, the partner screwed up and that acceptance, though, is important. It doesn't mean that you condone the behavior, but acceptance of what happened without the you have victimized me attitude makes way for the process of healing and repairing the relationship to begin. Does that make sense? 100%. I, I really like the uh, way you're framing it as a, a victim mindset because that is toxic to a person. If you feel like you are the victim and you can't break away from that. Let's be honest, we're all victims at one point or another in our lives, but we move on from those issues and then we get stronger and we just expect not to, to sort of have that happen again. If you don't remove yourself from that mindset and allow yourself to move on, um, and I'm not saying just blindly forgive whoever you know did something, um, right. but, but, but if, if you stay, you know, oh, this happened to me, you're going to be a victim for the rest of your life. And I think that opens you to, you know, the possibilities of being victimized again, either from that sure. same person or, uh, you know, a, another situation entirely. Yeah, exactly. Because that kind of mindset, you just, uh, you just attract the situations you that, you know, are going to probably repeat themselves. Um, right. when you, yeah. So, so what to do, what to do, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that we can, I think there is something we can do. I think that it's not that you have to not ever have any expectations, but, but I think that there's a way to manage them. And here's the thing, healthy relationships and healthy marriages are healthy and resilient because the partner's have become adept at managing their expectations. You know, they, they, they keep in mind that their partner or their spouse is, is human like they are, which means, you know, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We can't always show up the way our partner wants us to. But when, uh, when expectations are taken out of the equation, then you know, each person can be comfortable being themselves and not have to pretend out of fear of disappointing the other. Because I think that's what happens when you know, uh, and, and it's been made clear that your partner has certain expectations of how they need you to show up so that they can feel okay, then people start 
trying to, you know, walk on eggshells or, or pretend that they're feeling a certain way just to accommodate the partner. You know what I mean? Um, now, if you take expectations out of the equation, um, then you don't you don't have to pretend out of fear of disappointing the other person. Right. And and you don't get stuck in a pattern of, of constant disappointment because your loved one isn't showing up the way you think they should. You, you know yeah. what? A scenario that's just sort of played out in my mind when you were discussing that is, I mean, I remember I saw this in my, you know, parents' relationship growing up as a kid. I've seen it in, in other relationships where some some people have expectations like for example like uh a lot of husbands uh will work you know throughout the day and they come home and some men expect there to be a full dinner on the table mm -hmm. and it needs to be ready every single night and if that's something that is happening in a family and you know both parties like it that way that that's awesome but if if for whatever reason, dinner isn't on the table and that's enough to start an argument or a fight because it just happened one time or out of the blue or happens a couple times in the week. Like I said, life has challenges. You know, sometimes things are going to get in the way. If you fail to do that every so often, roll with those punches. Like you're a, a good solid relationship should go, oh. Uh, dinner's not ready yet. Let me help you. You know, yeah, or right. whatever. And and uh, you know, I think the 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 phrase you said, walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. I, I just remember growing up as a kid, seeing um, you know parents of other kids, my parents even to a certain extent, getting worried that they weren't going to be able to meet an expectation, and it was going to cause them you know drama. And like that, that's not a healthy relationship, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. I saw that too growing up with. Uh, a little bit with my parents um, and um, even with my grandparents. So for sure. Um, when you know, In a roundabout way, I, I think maybe expectations were something from a generation past, Lori, that some has stick around to a certain extent because the expectations that we've talked about that I think are good normal expectations they're things that you don't need to say like if you're getting into a monogamous relationship you don't have to say hey I'm going to work don't cheat on me you know what I mean <laughs> like that's that's not uh, it's not something you have to say but yeah uh, yeah well well you know and here's the thing well actually you know what I'm going to put a pin in that for a second so sure the um, let's go two more points when expectations are taken out of the equation you're better equipped mentally and emotionally to handle challenges together to the points you were just making rather than allowing them to turn into you know a big fight or an insurmountable problem and um, and also when you take them out of the equation you're again you're not burdening the other person with the responsibility of managing your feelings now Here's what we can do, and I think this kind of lends itself a little bit to where you were going. Here's what I think, and this is what one thing that I have practiced doing um, a, a while back. Probably, I read a book, I'd say probably 20 years ago now, and I thought it was brilliant, and it completely changed the way that I approached that. Basically, what it said, in a nutshell, is you exchange your expectations for preferences. By having hmm. preferences, we don't attach ourselves 
to a specific result or outcome so that we can still be okay when someone doesn't show up as we want them to. Now, to me, it might seem, again, kind of subtle, but I found that to be very freeing because now you're just like, well, it's kind of like going into uh, <laughs> it's going like going into you know Baskin Robbins and looking at the 31 flavors or whatever it is of ice cream. Well, I'd prefer this, but oh, you're out of that. Okay, this one will be fine. So I think when it comes to relationships, that's maybe oversimplifying it, but I think if you go in expecting, I am only going to be happy if out of 31 flavors they have this one. And if right. they don't have it, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> then you and, have and that you know attitude. What? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think you have a right to maybe only want one flavor, but you shouldn't be upset about it. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and if, if you want to go elsewhere and go find that one flavor, then go to a different Baskin Robbins. But, you know, I, I think you're, you're really hitting the nail on the head there. Uh, with human beings, we can't certainly have expectations that are so rigid because you know life just doesn't work that way um but the preferences in the way that you sort of framed that i mean i think that's hitting the nail on the head yeah i i mean that has worked so so well for me because um again when you're not attached it's the same as not getting attached to an outcome. When I'm not attached to how things are going to unfold that I have no control over, I have no control over how my husband is going to, um, you know, show up every day because I have no idea what he's going to go through when he's not with me. I don't know what his day is going to be like when he's, you know, away and, and working and what his frame of mind and what kind of stress or pressure or whatever. I can't control another person. None of us can control um, the other things that are going on with the world and, and people, and particularly even your spouse. So when you start getting attached to how you think it needs to be, how they need to be, you're going to be disappointed every time. But if you right. kind of switch your mindset and you go, well, you know, I prefer this, I'd prefer that when my partner and I meet at the end of the workday, I prefer that everybody is feeling good and, you know, we have a, a wonderful evening together. But if it doesn't happen that way, I'll understand and I'll switch my mindset to how can I help you feel better? What? Can, how can I help you? You know what I mean? Instead of, yeah. I'm not getting what I need from you. So you flip the script and you go, what can I do for you? And that's something I mean, that people forget. I think that's that's spot on, Lori. And I think, uh, you know, moving forward in, in my own relationship, I never really thought about it this way. But my only expectation is to not fail. And I think that we have a very uh, good, strong relationship, my wife and I. And anything that sort of, you know, is a problem or uh, is a burden. Well, you know, we're, we're not, uh, maybe handling things the way that I wanted to in that moment. So we'll figure it out. But the only expectation I have is to figure it out and and be better. Yeah. I think that's, and that's a, uh, again, you can, you could call it an expectation, which I think is fine. I would call it a desire. My desire would be that we can work it out. 
Um, you know, there there is semantics. A, semantics. Yeah. Semantics. Again. I think, I think to me, to me, you're exactly right. Yeah. It's not an expectation. It, it is my want. It is my need. It is what I want to do in my relationship. I I want to be as strong as I can be. Right. Now we still have you know the argument that well okay don't I have a a reasonable isn't it reasonable for me to expect that um you know my partner is is faithful and you know my partner's not going to be sneaking around you know gambling away all of our savings and whatnot which which is true but I think if you if you sort of reframe it again um and and you could actually have the communication with your partner and call instead of expectations you can call this more like these are the agreed upon conditions and these conditions have some consequences it's it's again it's it's a slight shift it's semantics but words matter Um, so it's like agreed upon conditions with consequences like you've agreed to be faithful to each other and never cheat or you decide that financial decisions are to be made by mutual agreement so maybe your conditions and consequences may be that hey if you cheat on me just know it's a deal breaker and just know that the consequence is that our relationship will end because it's something that I won't tolerate or if we're going to merge all of our finances and then you make a big financial move without my knowledge, the consequence will be that since our agreement was broken and now I feel like uncertain um, and can't really trust you with, the, with all of our money, we're going to separate our finances and do things differently, you know, or something of that nature. So the conditions again you know, is, are... Isn't it yeah. funny... Like mm-hmm. I, I heard the word condition and I was like, Lori, it almost sounds like a contract. But in a roundabout way, I think we all have contracts with our partners that sure. it's not actually on paper. We know we know what those deal breakers are. We know what the conditions are. And uh, I think while it's not on paper, uh, pretty strict guidelines to how you, you know, require a person to be and uh, what will cause you to, you know, ultimately end a relationship. Yeah. I mean, the conditions, they really are closely, it is like a contract and it is very closely related to expectations. But again, the words matter and there's a subtle difference. You know, you're basically stating your preferences in advance so that each person is on the same page. Whereas a lot of times expectations are often just assumptions that the other person is on the same page as you. A lot of, there's a lot of assumptions on. Yes, exactly. Ass is everywhere, right? (laughs) Right. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, I think uh, you know when expectations are not met, we tend to react with more intense and negative emotion. We judge harshly, and oftentimes quite unfairly. But when we have preferences. And, you know, with with these stated conditions, we can respond more calmly with less judgment and in a more, I think, thoughtful manner. So it, it looks more like instead of, you know, blame and anger and you, you have wronged me and victimized me, it looks more like assessing the situation, decision making and consequence, all without playing the role of victim. You know what? Over the course of this podcast, you have made me really rethink 
what expectations are in a relationship and how that the word that I was using for expectations really not expectations and uh I appreciate that you you've you've I mean, I think I've shifted a little bit if you will in Ooh. my mindset on on a relationship and I've been in one for you know the a long time yeah. now uh 14 years so uh, no, this is good. I, I feel kind of improved on this podcast. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm sending you an, an energetic high five. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> good. But, uh, yeah, but it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's a continual, um, practice though, you know, cause it's just easy for people to get, uh, into a rhythm. It's easy to get triggered by, um, other people, especially the people that are closest to us. And it's, uh, it's easy to slide uh, into a, a patterned way of thinking and being that sometimes you just don't realize you're, you're going there. So I, I think that this idea of shifting your expectations to preferences can be very helpful for people. I know that it was extremely helpful for me um, a lot. Uh, it really changed the way that I was able to um, be, I guess, communicate with, with Eric and, and I think I mentioned this on one of the other podcasts talking to somebody. Um, I used to have an expectation of every time he would come home from traveling, because he traveled twice a week, he was gone all the time. So every time he would come home, I would be like ready to sit down and and have him, you know, completely unload everything that and share everything with me and talk and communicate right. and debrief yeah. and and. Yeah. So my expectation was, okay, good. I get to hear all about, you know, what has been going on with you for the last, you know, two, three, four, five days. And, but he was opposite. You know, he was like, I don't have anything to talk about right now. I just need to stop talking for a while. And so I would get disappointed because my expectation was one thing. And then I got the opposite and this would happen over and over. And then I, and then I read this book and I underst and I went, oh, okay, I get it that and then understanding more about looking at what his needs were. And then I was like, right. oh, totally, totally changed everything. I never experienced that kind of disappointment ever again because I managed my, right. I managed it, uh, my expectations. I made things a preference. I went, well, if he wants to chat, cool. If not, I've got a great podcast I can listen to on my phone while right. he's being quiet. I'll do something else. No big deal. It's all good. I didn't, you know, I really, you, you just have to, you got to figure out how to fulfill your own needs. If you're always looking for right. them to be fulfilled from the outside, you're, you're just going to suffer. That's right. really I'm, it in I'm, a nutshell. I'm so happy you shared that experience because I've had that same experience, but I was in Eric's position. I, uh, I travel for work from time to time. It's about once every four to six weeks. And, and during that time, I can be gone over the course of 10 days. And when I get home, like, it's, it's, it's such an odd thing, Lori, because while I'm gone for 10 days, and, you know, not every single one of those days, am I having like a long eight hour day and, and whatnot. But the fact that I'm not home, I'm not sleeping in my own bed, I'm, you know, not living a, a normal life during that time. When I get home, I just want to be home. I don't even want to talk about it. I just, yeah. you know, when I've been gone for 10 days, it feels like I've been at work for 10 straight days. Yeah. And, uh, and I've had the same situation. My wife has always been like, so how was your trip? What happened? Uh, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no offense. Can we just watch a movie? Right. 
I just want to be with you, but I, I don't have right. it in me. I don't have the capacity right now to, you know, to talk because it's just, right. yeah, what, like what you do and what, what Eric was, um, does and, and did it's, um, that traveling that time away, you're like talking nonstop. Yeah. You're, 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 nonstop. you're on, you're just on yep. and all you want to do is come home yep. and be off. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I kind of warn my wife generally that after a couple days of me kind of being recharged and being at home, I probably will unload on her about everything that, you know, I went through and in the travel stories and things like that. So prepare yourself. What you want out of me, you're going to get. But I just kind of want to just be next to you and be at home and not worry because yeah. you got to go through that like uh de-stress de time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got to de-stress. You've got to um, just relax and um, in transition. And so really, it's, right. it's not that you or like Eric didn't want to share. It's really just a timing issue. Just give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just... Yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I absolutely... Uh, I mean, traveling is a love and hate sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's very, very hard, I think, on relationships. And uh, yeah, I mean, we could do a podcast all day about, you know, being in a relationship where you coexist in the same bubble and, and you know, you're, you're strong. But at times, uh, I mean, I, I have to get on FaceTime and do homework with my son because he needs that support. But I'll be on the other side of the country. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, the, the, there's some some expectations there and some preferences there, if you will, right. that, uh, you know, do my best and uh, roll with the punches. Yeah, that's it. Do your best. Um, manage your expectations. Try to switch things to preferences when you can. And it uh, it does make a difference. That shift, that little shift matters. And it, I think it's very helpful. So. Cool. This was great. I'm so glad that uh, we had this talk today and. And uh, I feel like you can say you can say that I didn't expect this. So what a wonderful <laughs> surprise! There you go. So that's even better. It's a lot easier for people to exceed your expectations when you don't have any, and then everybody's <laughs> happy. <laughs> right. Exactly right. right. Anyway, this was great. Um, so everyone, thanks thanks for hanging out with me today, and thank you, TJ, for bouncing this topic around with me. This was fun. Um, I hope relationship tip number seven gave you guys some good things to think about. And, uh, of course, if you like what you heard, I would love it if you took a quick second to give me a rating and subscribe, please, if you haven't already. Make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you're trying to make some shift happen in your life or your relationship, and you want to find out what Private Coaching with Me is all about, just connect with me on any of the social media platforms or head on over to lauribischoff.com. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.